Happy New Year, everyone. And good afternoon, because it's just clicked over 12.02. So I'm apparently, I'll bring a greeting from Liverpool, okay, because I've just preached out at Liverpool. They send you a very warm greetings. Happy New Year. Okay, but apparently you've been eating so many pancakes that you started late. Is that right? Okay, that's good. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Someone out there, I think it was Tim, said, it's great to start the day with pancakes on the rock. And I went, on the rock? And he said, yes, we had pancakes on the rock this morning. Okay, so there we go. Um, hand up. Everyone put your hand up. Everyone, come on. Put it down if you went to bed before 12. Put your hand down if you went to bed before 1. Put your hand down if you went to bed before 2. Whoa. Before 3. Before 4. Okay, one, two, three. I did this exercise so I keep an eye on you too, because you're going to fall asleep on me and I'll be calling your names out, okay? So don't go there. I'm watching you, okay? Thanks, David, for your testimony. That's my sermon. So let's pray, okay? Everything David said, I'm going to say, because that's the way God works in our life. Now, the great thing about the first sermon of the year is it's, it's like we stand on this, this springboard to jump into the pool of 2017. Here we are on the brink of it. What's ahead of us? What is ahead of us? So here we go. If you've got a journal, this is where God wants to take us this morning. He wants to talk to us and challenge us with where we're at, reassure us about what's coming, and motivate us to step out. You ready for that? Let's pray. Great God, we do thank you. We've been sitting here a while. Our tummies are full. We enjoy that. But we want to have our hearts full of your word. We want you to fill us. Teach us what you want. Keep us alert that we might hear you and know how to apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Okay, let me show you something. I have a diary, 2017. Who keeps a paper diary nowadays? Okay, there's at least a couple of us. That's good. I still keep a paper diary. I know Sam does. She showed me hers the other day. Now, I do that because I've lost too many diaries from my phone and my computer, and I can't refer back to them. I don't know how you get them back. And also, a diary is, can be upheld in a court of law. So I keep a diary just in case I have to be brought up on a charge and go, hey, because my boss here... No, <laughs> I won't get it. I record what happens throughout my year. Now, a diary is quite important. I, I feel it keeps us in the loop of where we're going and what we're doing. But what dates will you fill in your calendar this year, whether it's on your phone or computer? What are you going to record that will be life-changing this year? You can't tell me, can you? You don't know. Only God knows. You know, I, let me give you an illustration. 2005-2006. 2006, the 1st of January, was a Sunday. Just like today. There you go. How's that? 2006 was a Sunday, January the 1st. And the reason I remember it so well is because 2005 was a very difficult year for me. Very difficult year. I was 46. I was a pastor at Kingsway Community Church and I'd been four years separated and divorced. And I was a very, very lonely man. 
I lived in a unit with my daughter. It was at Cronulla Beach. But I was lonely inside. And it was a hard year. God had to teach me a lot of things in 2005. The big lesson was I might experience the feeling of loneliness, but I'm not alone. That's the big lesson he taught me. Even though that experience is there of that loneliness, of wondering what does the future hold, I was not alone. He was there with me, walking with me every day. That was my lesson for 2005. I remember standing there, 1st of January 2006, going, what does this year hold for me? What is ahead? Where's God going to take me? Just like we're doing today. Within six months, I was married. Scares a lot of you, doesn't it? I hope Bella's not listening. I had to put that in there. I've got to get in there. Got to get in there. Okay. Within six months, I was married on the 29th of June. You know what? I'd known Fiona for three years. We'd journeyed together. She was never on my radar. At a marrying level. Yes? July. Sorry. 29th of July. Yes, you're right. How can I forget that? 29th of July. Okay, she was never on my radar. And yet God brought this amazing woman into my life within six months. We're standing here on the 1st of January. Who knows what's coming in the future? God knows. God knows. And that's what we're here to hear about this morning. Okay, I'll show you another very important book. Larissa, it's mine. Larissa gave this to Fiona. It's my new journal for 2017. It's a, look at this, guys. It's aluminium. How good is that? That's a bloke's journal. Plus, it talks about coffee. You can't give this to Fiona, so I've scored it off Fiona. Sorry, Larissa. Larissa got it. Anyway, it's a bloke's one. Give her the pretty one. But journals are so important because God's going to record, I mean, you get to record what God is going to do in your life for this coming year. I can go back and tell you that story about 2005 because I journaled it. I can read how lonely I was because I journaled it. And God's going to do amazing things in the journal this year as he transforms me into the image of his son. And that's what he wants to do to you. And that's why you've got to record it. Because if you're like me, you'll forget it. I've got a great forgettery. And it goes. And if, unless I go back and read those promises again, particularly when I'm in a difficult time, and go, no, God said this, and I'm going to hang on to his word, then it's too easy for me to forget. So... God's going to teach me amazing things. Are you expectant to what God wants to show you? And I say this with anticipation because he constantly amazes me. And where's that? Here it is, entering the new year. On. Okay. Not going. Can you move it on? Yeah, there we go. We're looking ahead. We're going ahead. Okay. No, you're going to have to. There we go. Look at this great verse. This is Paul. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Let me ask you, what's the power that's working you? Who is the power that's at work in you? The Holy Spirit. I can hear you saying it in your heads. Say it out loud. The Holy Spirit is the power that's at work in you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This is where God wants to take us. What is the pool that's ahead of us in 2017 that we will dive into? For when we allow him to work, I believe he will do amazing things in our life to take us to where he desires us to live. Because that's the freedom and purpose that we preach from this pulpit. That's what he wants to do for us. So what words is God going to write in your journal this year? Now, I want to take you to some scripture, which is... um, Joshua. It's Joshua 3. And Joshua gets the people ready to cross over the River Jordan into the Promised Land. And I believe it's everything that God wants to say to us. Here it is here. Let's read it. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. How cool is that? Can you picture what's happening? Maybe you don't know the story. Let me give you a bit of background. It's early in the morning and there's literally millions of Israelites. They're camped next to this flooded Jordan River. Normally it's a river you could probably cross. Get, you know, lift your skirt up a bit and or your, your, your robe and, and you can get across maybe up to, up to your knees or... But this is in flood. The bank's wide. It's overflowed. And there's millions of people standing on this side of the river looking across into the promised land where God wants to take them. It's over there. Now, they've been camped there for three days. So they've had plenty of time to look at it. And now their officers are moving throughout the camp telling this to the people that are, what are we going to do next? What expectations do you think are going through the people's minds as this is said? What was ahead of them in this new land? What was going to happen to them in the future? Uh, Let's just talk about the immediate. How are you going to get over the flooded river? I mean, that's bad enough, isn't it, itself? And if they do get over the river, what's waiting on the other side? How are they going to survive in the unknown land? They'd heard a lot about it. They heard what it was like, particularly from their parents who no longer were with them because they disobeyed God. That generation was removed because they didn't obey what God wanted and go in and take the land. So God allowed all of them to pass away in the wilderness, to die, to be buried in the sands. And the new generation is now standing on the edge looking out. But what really lies ahead for you and me? It's just as unknown, isn't it? Ultimately, I can only speculate for I don't know what the future holds. Maybe there's joy, but maybe there's pain. Maybe there's beginnings, but you have beginnings, you have endings. Maybe there's endings this year. Collectively as a church, though, you know, as life groups, um, uh, I've started life groups, (laughs) which meant... We've had to finish life groups from last year. So there's that newness. What does that mean for our new year? 
There's 12 of us going on this course with Nathan doing a leadership training. What does that look like for the new year? One of the things I know is a lot of reading. But uh, what does that look like as we move ahead? As a church, what does it look like? You know, we know Vision Days, uh, Vision Sunday is coming up on the 5th. What is going to be spoken over us and how are we going to move forward? And I've even heard there's the thought that maybe we'll have a new building this year. Well, it's starting. What does that look like for us here? You know, for me individually, I can pick things off. I'm going on holidays on the 9th. Yes, two weeks camping. I'm looking forward to that. That's in my diary. And my daughter, and I must say my eldest daughter, she's getting married on the 30th of March. Yes, my daughter Kezia is getting married. So I'm looking forward to that. So I do have dates written into my diary. But ultimately, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the Israelites could see the hills in the distance. But remember, between every mountaintop, there's what? A valley. The greatest psalm David ever wrote, we all know it, Psalm 23, says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, between every mountaintop there's a valley. We all love to live on the mountaintops. That's the amazing things, isn't it? But you know, to get to the top of the mountain, you've got to go through a valley. And there'll be valleys this year ahead of of us, for some of us. How will we walk in the valley? They'd heard about the fertile lands. You know, they'd, Joshua and Caleb had spoken about, in fact, they returned, Joshua and Caleb, with this bunch of grapes so big it took two people to carry between them. How's that for grapes? But they also returned telling them they've got these walled cities with giants that live behind them. Whoa, do I want to go for the fruit? And the giants, or they were stuck. And they said no. But just like this is, is where we stand, really, for the new year ahead of us. It's all unknown. It's undiscovered. It's unexplored. And it could be very, very familiar. Unfamiliar, I should say. Just like it was unfamiliar to them. But Joshua had these words of wisdom from the Lord to the people. Words that you can pick up and run with. Words that can give us some strength. I'm going to break down this. Yes, with this. If you've got a journal, write it down. When faced with the unknown, be assured you're not alone, for you no longer have to roam. That's Joshua 3, right there. When faced with the unknown, be assured you're not alone, for you no longer have to roam. Since you have never been this way before. You know, I stood on the edge of a flooded river once, not knowing whether I should step out into the flooded river. See, what happened was, it was actually a youth group event, which I can't figure out. We'll talk about this later. We put six canoes in at the Hampton Bridge at Kangaroo River, at Kangaroo Valley, 12 people, and we were canoeing down the Kangaroo River to the top of Talawa Dam, walking our canoes over the top of the dam wall to the bottom, which is the Shellhaven River, and then canoeing down the Shellhaven River to Grady's Riverside Retreat. We're doing this over a Saturday and Sunday. I'd never really been canoeing like this before. It was pretty exciting. And I can say, we we didn't even all have life jackets. Well, right there. Today, you would never do it, but, you know, I'm that old that we didn't worry about it back then. We just got in it. Well, we had a fantastic day canoeing down Kangaroo River, Got to the top of the dam, we carried our uh, canoes over, dropped them at the bottom, paddled for about an hour and said, hey, let's set up camp. And as we were setting up camp, we met these guys, buff guys in their wetsuits and their really thin kayaks, 
going back up the river to the dam. And they said, what are you people doing? And we're just going, we're having fun. We're going down the river. He said, you know that it's been raining up in the, the highlands all night and floods are coming and you, you don't want to be here. Well, what can we do? We, we, we can't go back that way. Our cars are all down. We went, it'll be fine. We, we made a very important decision right there. We dragged our canoes 25 metres up the banks. Anyway, it rained all night. It flooded. Literally, the trees that were way up there when we were coming down were way down here. We only had the tops of the trees. The water came up the 25 metres and was lapping at our tents. It rained that much all night and we were stuck halfway. I'm standing on the edge of a flooded river with my other 11 partners and we're going, what do we do? You can't paddle up the river to the dam. It's spilling over now. There's only one way. We, we had to go forward. But I'll tell you what, there was a lot of prayer. My vote was to actually to sit and stay and just wait it out. <laughs> but the vote didn't come my way. We got in our canoes and we went down this river. We only lost one canoe. Never found it. There, people were in it. We had to rescue them, but we got them into the other ones. And anyway, five canoes made it home. OHS right there. But you know what? I, I think about these Israelites. They're standing on the edge of this flooded river and they're going, What's over there? There's giants, there's, there's walled cities, there's the unknown. Isn't that the same with us today? Or are we in denial? We don't know what 2017 has for us. God knows. We stand in the same place, don't we? What does it look like to you? This has always been the case, though, with any new year that you face. Although its experiences may be similar to that which may have encountered before, the sequence and the combination of events which we face are totally unknown. Because you cannot tell me what the future holds. And it's the same for us as a church collectively. You know, we can plan for the coming year, and we've probably done this many times before. I've only been here 10 months. But I'm sure Nathan sat down with the teams and planned many times. So it's, it's kind of like the same. But ultimately, we don't know what the future holds. And we can say, we've never passed this way before. We stand here, January 1st, 2017, and you have not passed this way before either. It is really new ground ahead of you. And that in itself can cause a sense of different emotion and thoughts. So when faced with the unknown, be assured you're not alone. Move out from your position and follow it, he says. Now, the it, that's a funny thing. What's the it? Well, the it is actually the Ark of the Covenant. I've got a picture here for you in case you were thinking of the other Ark. This is the box of God's presence that he had in the tabernacle in the tent that sat in the middle of the Israelite camp when they're walking around the desert for 40 years. They had a, uh, a fire at night to lead them. They had a cloud during the day. But now Joshua is saying, the box is going to go ahead of us. Now, they wouldn't have seen it like this. They'd have coverings over the top and the priests would be, would be carrying it. But what this symbolised was God's presence. God was in their midst. And Joshua says very clear to him, move out from a position and follow him. He has to be in front. Be assured you're not alone. You see, the wilderness wanderings were coming to an end. And as they stood there 
facing um, uh, their new land, the more permanent symbol was going to lead them on. The fire and the cloud, the smoke, was all going to disappear. And they were going to have the real thing to take them forward. That was God's presence, the ark. The ark. The great promise to those standing on the bank with the unknown future ahead of them was this. He will go before them, taking them every step of the way as they obey him. But it had to be behind him. He had to be in front. They were not to forget that he was amongst them and that he will lead them. So as they stood there on that swollen riverbank and looked across the unknown, God was saying this. And I, I put it into words so you can see it. God says, this is my translation, if you want the guidance and the blessings that comes with being my people, then you will have to trust me that I can do it. You will have to put your belief into actions and move out before me. And God is saying that to each one of us as we stand here January the 1st. And that's the promise for us today. Let me show you. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Follow me. That's Jesus' words. Deny yourself. In other words, get rid of all that baggage, that stuff that you carry around, deal with it, shred it, get it off you. Put it behind you. Take up his cross the servanthood of Christ. Put him first in your life. Seek him first and his righteousness and follow me. He says, I want to be in front. Jesus said, it's me you will follow into the lands that I take you in 2017. There is no need to be alone if you're willing to hand your life over to God and you're willing to obey what he wants. He will guide and he'll guide you through life and in the direction that he has planned for you in all the ups and downs. But you must be willing to move out and follow him. And of course, it's the same that applies for us as a church, isn't it? If we're to move out in his strength and obedience to him, he'll lead us into the ministry and the church life that he wants us to be involved in. Now, of course, it's always easy to move when things are going right. Isn't that true? But when things are safe, when things are not safe, and when things are in danger, it's a lot harder to move out. It's always a lot harder when the times are tough, when the rivers are flooded and the giants are ahead of us. But if you lay aside the fear, the worldly wisdom and the deception, and find out God's will and follow it through, then you will be in the right place at the end. That's God's promise. That was David's testimony. Living proof of that truth, I believe, was actually Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that were still alive and got to enter into the promised land. They put their faith in God even in the midst of the great difficulties. And he did amazing things through them. Now, for you and I, we face this new year and its challenges and its struggles, and we need someone on whom we can depend, someone to whom we can trust our very lives. So we must keep our eyes on God and our ears and our hearts open so that he can talk to us. And when he does, write it down in your journal so you can remember. 
because he will speak to you. He will guide you. His word, as you read it, will reveal him to you. We must follow him. When faced with the unknown, be sure you're not alone, for you no longer have to roam. Then you will know which way to go. Then you will know which way to go. Joshua had seen enough of God's ways in his life to know the truth of placing his life into the hands of God. And now he was ready to take the people in that direction. He knew enough about God and his ways to rest in him and let him have control, even if he didn't know what lay ahead. And we don't know what lays ahead. That's where we rest. Because a life in an obedient relationship with God allows you a sure and certain path, even if your world is crashing all around you, even in the midst of it. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's his promise. Okay, let me close. You've been listening well. A new year represents a new adventure. We're all on the brink of it today. What does tomorrow hold? (laughs) Let alone next year, we have no clue. Now, individually, it could mean new employment for some. It could be a different house for others. It could be a change in lifestyle. It could be a, a different life stage change with your children, which changes your life. Or it could bring about the opposite. It could bring about sorrow. It could be serious illness. It could even be death. God knows. And God will work with you in it. We never catch God unaware. God never says, I did not see that coming. Never says that. That's why he can walk with you in it. God knows that's why you need to give yourself to him and follow his leading. And as a church, it could mean new people, new ways of getting the gospel out, new ministries, things that will really stretch us. Who knows? God knows. But what we can be sure about is when God is at the front and you're following him in obedience, when faced with the unknown, be assured you're not alone, for you no longer have to roam. When we're in his presence, that's the centre that you and I long to move in, in the centre of his will. He will lead us in new pathways. And of course, the proverb says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. In those three things we need to do, trust in the Lord with how much? All your heart. You've got to give him the lot. And what do I need to get rid of? Well, get rid of those things that you lean on in your own strength. Do not lean on your own understanding because that will go down the the anxious path or the fearful path or the uh, trepidation. You know, all those things start to come into play. No, no, no. Do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Even in the difficulties, on the mountains, in the valleys, acknowledge him. And he'll make straight your path even in the midst of the difficulties. I believe that. That was my testimony on the 1st of January 2006. I had no clue. 
I knew I was lonely, but I was not alone. He was there with me. And how he turned my life upside down for the better. I have to get that. <laughs> for the better. Okay. Joshua said this. This is the last thing. Let me. He said to the people, consecrate yourselves for the tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. How good is that? I mean, here they are. They're standing there going, whoa. And he says, God's going to do amazing things amongst you if you do the other things. That's what God wants for his children. Don't you want that for your children? Don't you want the best for them? That's why you choose the schools they go to and the clothes they wear and everything that you have, you want the best. God has the same for us. He wants you to experience the amazing. But the way you get to that amazing is to consecrate yourselves. And basically that means get yourself ready for God to do the work, to do the work his way. Clean up your life, he's saying. Make yourself the pure vessel for his use. How do you do that? Well, get rid of sin. Now, I can say that very quickly from up here. Get rid of sin. You know sin is in your life, if there is sin in your life, I should say. And you know what God's talking to you about right now. And he says, I want the best for you, but I want you to get rid of that. I want you to consecrate yourself. Get rid of the stuff that holds you back from God. And that's why I'm excited about both elevating the men's time is coming because there's some of the stuff we're going to talk about. You know the stuff that's holding you back. And for us today, we can do that. And let me talk to you who maybe do not know the Lord. You do that by falling at the foot of the cross because it's through his death and resurrection, the shedding of his blood on the cross, we can be consecrated We are set free. Your sins are paid for. His blood was shed for you. And it's only Jesus that can consecrate us. I don't know all of you here. But if there's some of you here that don't know that reality, this is what God wants for you. Only Jesus can get you ready for God and for him to do amazing works in you. His death and resurrection gives you life and makes you holy. That's the most important thing. Because when he makes you holy through his death, then you can enter into his presence and he gets to work in you. Because you see, there's a big word. When you become a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit enter you who sanctifies you. And sanctification is about keeping you holy. And the Holy Spirit will work in you to keep you holy. You're made holy by the death and resurrection. But the Holy Spirit keeps us there. I'm just asking everyone to close their eyes. Please. I know you've been challenged this morning. God wants to do amazing things in you, but it means getting yourself right with God. Is there someone here that doesn't know God in this manner? If there is, I'd love you to put up your hand if you want to know God in this manner because I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you after the service. It's the best thing you could ever do for kicking off 2017. Seen anyone? For every other one of us, I will presume that there's a life that you want to live 
for him and maybe there's stuff that needs to be given over. I want you to name that now and just quietly pray that to God. I want you to work on that within me because he wants to keep you holy and that means getting rid of that stuff, that baggage that holds you down, which holds you down in 2016, that you can be free of in 2017. Let me pray. Great God, we do thank you for your word. It must have been daunting for those Israelites as they stood on that bank. I, I know what it was like when I stood on the Shell Haven. Where do we go from here? And as they looked across the river, Joshua had these words, and they're words for us today. You have the answer. We need to fall in behind you and allow you to lead us. Father, you know what's going to happen February, March, April, May, June, July, the rest of 2017. You've seen it. And you will work with us in it. We thank you for that. Challenge our hearts now that we might get right with you. Consecrate us. Get us right. Deal with that which holds us back so that we can get rid of that baggage and walk in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.